Hey everyone, welcome to the GTM News Show. This is the final episode for 2024. And in this episode, I wanted to highlight two things. Number one, I want to give you seven learnings from starting this show, this podcast, and uh, seven learnings from starting it. Uh, and then also, I wanted to give you some ideas of what's coming in 2024 and where uh, I'm taking the show, especially from these learnings, right? How can I optimize and do it better in 2024? And if you're a client of mine, or if you're just somebody that's looking to do a podcast or a show, create content in general, I think my learnings will be super helpful. And then also the things I'm going to start doing in 2024 to only increase engagement and get more out of uh, this effort. So let's jump right in. I kind of have seven learnings, but I want to give you kind of an idea of what I've been able to achieve since starting the show in February of 2023. Um, we've I've published about 45 episodes, so I definitely have had some, definitely lots of learnings. If you look at all my episodes, I have maybe 45 different haircuts, too. Um, I have a lot of different haircuts, long hair, short hair, in between, uh, which is always funny, kind of embarrassing uh, to be like, wow, actually, uh, that was a really horrible haircut. I can't believe I had that for so long. Um, but uh, one of the side learnings didn't have that on the agenda, but something to, to highlight there. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. When it comes to haircuts, that's for sure. A couple of the things um, I've achieved about three thousand followers, subscribers across different platforms. Um, that's uh, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, uh, and LinkedIn newsletter, and also email newsletter. And all those places, people follow, listen, and watch uh, the show. And kind of what I've done to promote the show has done things. I posted three to five clips a week. Um, on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. The biggest drivers were my personal LinkedIn, which I have a decent following, about 20,000 people on there that watch it, you know, went and then subscribed to it, et cetera. Um, but actually YouTube, which I only have like a couple hundred followers on uh, subscribers on YouTube, but YouTube has been probably the biggest place I've gotten just views for the show, number one, um, but then just followers in general. It's been amazing how many views in fact, my first episode on YouTube has almost a thousand views uh, and hundreds of hours of consumption um, has driven new subs on YouTube and, and overall has, has uh, ultimately dri driven engagement, which is pretty interesting. YouTube is the number one podcasting platform. And I attribute that because number one, people love to watch a video podcast. Um, Spotify, you can watch a video podcast on Spotify and I, and I let people, you know, I upload my video podcast to Spotify. But uh, YouTube, because it's a search engine and because it's obviously tied into Google, um, your videos get ranked, right? And it's just so powerful. Um, and what I think, too, from a consumer standpoint, I personally love watching and listening to the podcast on YouTube because of the algorithm so powerful. They, they really have a great recommendation system and it helps me find it. Like all the other apps are really hard to just like navigate and just, you know, I end up like deleting. I get like 13 gigs of of episodes downloaded on my on my Apple podcast uh, setup, and it's just not user experience isn't great. Whereas YouTube is just really dialed in when it comes to what it presents to you and stuff like that. So as a side note, YouTube's super powerful um, and a great way to build your show podcast um, in general. So YouTube has been great. Um, LinkedIn newsletter. So I started a newsletter every week, which the newsletter has, you know, it definitely features the show and, you know, highlights from the show, et cetera, but also has some other things too. It has different posts, different kind of things I've, I've noticed in the industry and stuff like that. So you can subscribe on my website, gtm.news, 
or you can go to LinkedIn and subscribe through there. Um, but the idea is people then watch the show on there and get linked to the show, but they also get some other value add content that I add in that news newsletter to, um, yeah, provide more value and, and more insights as it relates to go to market. Um, a couple of, I've probably had hundreds of thousands of impressions. I haven't been able to count, uh, how many impressions I've gotten across, you know, all the video clips, um, the, the distribution, the repurposing of the podcast has been pretty powerful for just driving engagement on my LinkedIn for getting views. Um, you know, all sorts of things. I think the repurposing of the content is really powerful. Um, and then uh, my uh, my guests help promote it as well, too. So my guests, I'm getting that reach. Sometimes they take the episode and put on their podcast. Super powerful. Sometimes they take clips or, or they just promote the episode. And I know I've driven a lot of new audiences because of the guests promoting the show as well. Um, and then overall, about 5,000 listens to thousands of hours of consumption over the last 45 episodes. And uh, overall, I feel pretty good about it. You know, you always are like, oh, I wish I had 10,000 people watching it. Uh, I'll take 3,000. I think that's a, a good benchmark for 45 episodes. And, um, you know, the amount of time in, I've invested in it and stuff like that, which I'll talk about in a second, some of the learnings, I feel pretty good about it overall. And and I think it's for me, when I started it, I really wanted to create a show that was really me seeking my curiosity and and seeking to learn more about go to market and go to market's a really big category and kind of um uh, my one of my first learnings we'll jump right into the learnings here is that your topic and your audience is, right now my topic and audience is super broad it's go to market go to market is like marketing sales customer success it's like pricing it's like it's a lot of things it's a huge category um, and then it's also a really broad audience. Like it's B2B go to market. So that's a little bit narrow, but there's enterprise, there's SMB, there's mid market, there's service, there's SaaS. And so it's a really broad. Um, and when you're creating content in general, <laughs> you know, if I were to look in hindsight, I'd probably find a niche and create content for that niche. Like if it's startup, go to market, or if it's cybersecurity, go to market or whatever it is. And be really specific so you kind of build an audience around that niche because there's just so much content online. There's so many podcasts. Surprisingly, there's actually not a whole lot of like go-to-market podcasts. And, and that's why I started it. Number one was a couple of things. Like first, that category is new. It's only been popularized really in the past couple of years of like, it's not just about marketing or sales and these different environments. Like taking a step back and looking at the entire customer experience, looking at the entire revenue org and all the different ways to go to market and how do we optimize the whole thing and it's one whole team versus all these silos right so the category is new which is great um i also wanted it to be uh really focused on um uh yeah how do we combine all these things and do it better and then also my own curiosity right like i want to learn in all these different areas as a consultant as a demand gen leader as a marketer, I'm like, hey, I want to learn more about sales. I want to learn more about customer success. I want to learn more about pricing or how to pick a TAM or whatever. All these different cat, all these different subtopics under go to market that, um, you know, may fall into marketing, may fall under sales, may fall into customer success, may even fall into product, right? Because all those things work together to make sure you have an efficient, effective go to market engine. So, big learning for me is like niche niche down, right? Like I think I could probably gotten more traction if I niche down to a specific audience to uh, versus being so broad. And as I move into 2024 and beyond, I may niche down even further. I have no set plans yet to do it. But based upon my trajectory of where I want to grow, the different areas of go-to-market go, go I want to grow, the different industries I want to be in, I might niche down the show 
um, or not. Maybe we'll keep it super broad and, it, and it's it's interesting enough that it captures enough of an audience and it gets traction enough. Uh, a takeaway though in that is that if you go broad, it's probably going to take longer to get traction. So you have to be more patient. Um, and uh, But if you go really narrow, you probably can accelerate traction faster. So that's something I learned. Another thing is it takes a while. You know, there's so many podcasts, there's so many shows, there's so much content out there to build an audience of people that enjoy your content. Um, it just takes time. It takes time to refine your content, to get better at it. It takes time to get the right guests. It takes time to have, figure out the right marketing strategy, et cetera. Um, so all those things just take a lot of time. And it, and and there's so much saturation of content out there. Um, that's kind of my number one. Number two is it really takes time to build any sort of content engine to build an audience really of people that consume your content. Number three is guests are actually relatively to get easy to get on. That's probably one of my biggest things of like, oh, it's gonna be hard to get awesome guests on. But I've had incredible guests, people that, um, all sorts of people in this industry that are that are really successful and, and great thought leaders, great practitioners. Um, and overall, that's actually been the easiest thing is to get people on. Um, maybe it takes a couple months, right, to get them on the actual, uh, get them booked. But Getting people on, especially if you have a great marketing plan, you have great content, um, you have a great you know overall topic, um, it's been much easier. Another learning is build a process. I think that's something you kind of figure out as you go along is like, hey, have a repeatable process. So every week I kind of know exactly what I'm going to do of like, here's my steps, right? Um, and then, you know, making sure I have enough, I have, you know, four to six weeks of, of guests lined up. I have... Um, you know, my topic, how do I release it? So building out that process, I have a whole webinar uh, and a recording, actually I did I repurpose it as an episode of the show that you can listen to. That's all on how to do a video podcast and how to create your own show. It's like an hour long. I go into like all the nitty gritty, tons of stuff in there that I think is uh, super viable. A lot of things I learned. So feel free to go uh, check that out. It's more about the process and the technicals and the things you need to do um, to do your own show. But um, definitely go check that out if you're interested. I'll put a link in the show notes to check out the pod to check out that episode. And then another thing is um, tools have made it a lot easier. I have a, a nice tech stack of a probably it's probably I think seven to eight tools that help me do the whole show right: recording, post production, newsletter, website, um, creating clips, all that fun stuff. And AI tools in particular have gotten a lot better. Um, over this past year, no surprise, right? As the investment in AI has only increased. So it's pretty cool. And it's not crazy. I spent under hundred bucks a month to do, do all of it. Um, so it's not a huge expense to create those, to have those tools and to do all the, the AI repurposing, publishing, all that fun stuff. Um, number seven is the cost, right? Like there is some sort of cost, but actually the, excuse me, number six, the, the cost really is the time investment. So I've dialed it in where I spend probably about four hours, four to five hours a week on my show. That's from booking guests, recording, that's from repurposing content, publishing the newsletters, all the fun stuff, um, engagement, et cetera. So it does take time. And, you know, over 40 episodes, that's, uh, what is that? Uh, um, that's, you know, over 200 hours I've spent on this show, right? And so as you look at that, like, what is the the, the value of that? And um, I can tell you about all the benefits of it and, and the future benefits, especially the future benefits. Because if I were to say it now, like if I were to walk, if I were to stop it now, I would probably be, 
it probably would have been valuable enough, right? I've created enough content. I've, you know, helped me get customers. If my customers, my clients listen to the show, prospects listen to the show. It's helped me in the short term. Um, and I've learned a ton, right? I'm able to take these skills and then use them, helping my clients with it, et cetera. But it probably, 200 hours, um, I probably could have done that, you know, maybe done something else and got that same value. So I'm looking to like, what is it going to do in a year or two years as I continue to refine this show, continue to do it better? So there is some sort of time investment. And um, obviously, if you're a larger company, you can hire somebody to do the pre and post production, booking guests, all that fun stuff. But even as a creator, as a host, as a moderator, whatever, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some creative energy. So you can pay somebody to do that, um, to accelerate that, or you can do it yourself, um, like what I've done. And uh, so it's it really, it, you know, that time investment, but it's really a long game. Like most great things in marketing, <laughs> most efficient, great things in marketing, the long-term gains where it's going to be, you know, in a year or two, when I hopefully have tens of thousands of listeners and it's, it's uh, I'm selling sponsorships or I'm able to generate even more revenue, more clients for my business or whatever the outcomes, the business objectives I'm driving that's probably going to be uh, where I will see the gains, right? In the, sh in the last 10 months, um, it probably is, uh, it, you know, it may not be a net positive, right? Maybe, it may, actually it might still be a net positive, but um, it probably is going to be a year down the road, right? Or maybe two years down the road where I'm going to see the real gains from it. And then last lesson is focus on a few distribution channels and get really good at those. I think a lot of times we want to put them everywhere and it's okay to try things like, you know, I've, I've tried posting on, you know, TikTok and Facebook and and X and, and other platforms. Um, but, you know, it was, I didn't really, I don't spend time on those platforms. So I didn't really optimize them. I didn't really find creative ways. I do spend a decent amount of time on LinkedIn and YouTube. So I, it's funny, you know, when you think about distribution and email as well, when you think about distribution, distribute for the channels. If you're a solopreneur, if you're a small team, distribute the channels are first where your audience is at number one. And within that distribute for channels that you consume, because there's a kind of a beautiful marriage of that, of like, on one hand, you know, where your audience is at, obviously create content for where they are consuming content, right? Don't put it on a platform where no one's at, um, where none of the people that, that you want to target are at. But on top of that, create content for the platforms that you enjoy and you spend time on because it's only going to make your content better because you're going to figure out the nuances. You're going to figure out how to create content that actually sticks out. Um, and it just kind of there's a, a great, you know, uh, cycle and, um, you know, opportunity, create content for the audience uh, where your audience is at, but also create content. And if, if you can create content that you, that uh, are the platforms that you enjoy, um, because you'll you'll learn a lot, you'll be able to take those learnings, put that back into your content um, and engage more, et cetera. So YouTube, LinkedIn happen to be the platforms that did the best. Um, those are also platforms I spend time on personally. And I do have other business uh, you know, functions and things like that I'm doing on those areas. So super, super helpful. So those are the seven learnings. Number one, it takes a while. Uh, number two, um, you know, always refine your topic and your audience. I think that's, there's so much content out there. I wish I had niched down more in hindsight. In hindsight, though, I was, you know, at the time I was working a full-time job when I started it. I was more just a pet project. I was doing it on the side. It was more for my own curiosity and like, you know, learning and how do I learn more? How do I investigate these new go-to-market topics so I can learn and be a better practitioner myself? And the business outcomes wasn't a huge focus. 
That being said, if I niched down more, I probably would have been further along than I am now. That being said, you can still niche down. I may still do that, right? I may pick a specific industry and focus the show on that. Um, who knows? But uh, that's, and then number three, guests are easy to get on. That shouldn't be a concern. Number four, build a process. As you start working things, document things, build a process. Number five, AI tools and tools in general have only gotten so much better. And there's some great tools out there to make everything way easier. You don't need to even hire anybody to do stuff, to do audio editing, to create clips, to um, do all that fun stuff. You can do it pretty fast, pretty effectively, um, create a newsletter, et cetera. Um, number six, focus on, uh, you're gonna have to spend some time, four to five hours a week, you know, to do a podcast and newsletter combo, create content, uh, create clips, get guests, et cetera. And then number seven, focus on a few distribution channels, a sweet marriage between where your audience is at, your ideal audience, your ideal customers potentially. And then number two, in, in conjunction with that, an audience, if you're a small company or a solopreneur, an audience, uh, the, the platforms that you enjoy. For me, it was email, LinkedIn, and um, YouTube. So I, I've you know optimized for those channels. Cool. So awesome. Let's look into next year. So these seven learnings, I hope it was super helpful. Once again, check out the episode, my, my, my hour-long podcast on how to do a podcast show if you want to learn more about um, you know the specifics. Or also, obviously, reach out to me directly if you have any questions. Happy to answer any questions about how to do a show or podcast in 2024. Let's talk about what I'm going to do for next year. So... I'm continuing to refine my content and figure out, um, you know, in, in that vein of what I talked about earlier, targeting, et cetera. So I'm really being focused on, first of all, it's sort of me go to market, right? Go to market uh, ideas for B2B, right? How do you take your product to market? How do you get in front of customers? How do you get customers, get prospects to turn into customers and stay with you long-term, et cetera? Um, and so I'm going to get even kind of even more niched in that area. We're, we're going to be talking about things like, you know, get experts on about how to identify your total addressable market, how to do pricing, um, how to do build a sales team, how to, uh, you know, focus on go to market motions and what motion is right for your ACV. So all these kind of different go to market topics and high level stuff and particular stuff. But in general, my goal is every guest I have on is a practitioner. Probably not always going to be true because I'm going to have some really incredible thought leaders out there that are, you know, maybe just industry leaders that have some great ideas I think you should you should learn about. But in general, my goal is to have somebody that didn't do it 10 years ago and that was successful. Somebody that did it yesterday that was successful. Somebody that's going to do it tomorrow and continue to do it. And that's in, in the weeds, on the front line, so to speak, of whatever the topic they're on, right? And the reason I'm doing this is, first of all, there's so much like generic advice out there. And I actually got this idea from Marketing Against the Grain. They talked about people don't want advice. They want prescriptive takeaways. And I love that concept, prescriptive takeaways. So in your content, think about what is the actual, how can they actually go <clears throat> execute whatever you're, you're advising them on, right? Giving them actual takeaways of like, go do this thing. I think a lot of times, especially in B2B, the content is so generic, it's so high level, it's advice. It's like, you know, it's it's just really broad, and there's so much of that out there. I want actual tactical in the in the weeds, specific things you can do, and specific things I can do to improve. Right, um, what all of these different go to market functions. So, in general, the show is going to have all of that, right? Whether it's me doing a deep dive, like that podcast, right? How to launch a podcast or how to do a video podcast, or whether it's me having somebody on that's going to do do a deep dive, give you prescriptive takeaways to improve your go-to-market. So that's one big part of it. 
Um, the next big part is I'm going to start doing events. And I'm really excited about this. Events have always been something that's been near and dear to my heart. That's how I really kind of got into thought leadership and content marketing in general was doing webinars, doing virtual events, and the power of it to build relationships at scale, to help people at scale, to provide content in a really engaging environment. So events in general, whether in-person or, or virtual, I think are really powerful. So I'm going to do a lot of virtual events. I'm going to be doing a monthly series starting in January on, it's called the 99 series. Um, and it's an insider joke, actually, my wife and I saw my wife last night about it because um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like my favorite TV show of all time. And um, it's Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, uh, is the precinct um, that the show's about. Uh, it's, I didn't come up with it because of that, but it, it, it's, it's a nice little story for myself. But um, Nine-Nine stands for nine practitioners will share for nine minutes each on a topic. <clears throat> so in January, I'm doing an event on, about outbound in 2024. So outbound has become really hard, right? Just whether it's cold email, social selling, cold calling, whatever it may be um, for marketing teams, BDRs, AEs, et cetera. It's only gotten really hard over the past couple of years and uh, diminishing returns for sure. So I'm going to have nine experts in nine different areas, right? Nine practitioners, people that are going to talk about social selling, um, email infrastructure, cold email, cold calling, conferences, um, uh, communities, how to tap into communities all these different topics and they're going to get nine minutes each. So it's going to do two things. And probably my content in general is going to move more in this direction. Long form content's great. Don't get me wrong. And doing deep dives for a long period of times. Like I love listening to a three hour podcast as next to the next person. We've seen a trend of, of that going in that direction. The problem with long form content is you have to be so engaging. You have to be so unique to really stand out. And thankfully, there's a lot of you really amazing and unique people out there to create long form content and B2B and especially professional stuff. I, I, I don't think for me personally, I don't think um, I don't listen to a lot of long business podcasts um, unless it's very, very not often I do it because it's just um, I don't know. You know, it's 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 boring. It's usually too drawn out. It's not interesting enough. It's too anecdotal. It's not practical enough. So I think. I'm, I'm trying to create a combination of short form and long form. So you get these hits of like knowledge, right? Each expert gets nine minutes. So it's, I'm also trying to create constraint, right? I'm trying to, to, to filter down to the most important takeaways you should implement this year, right? Um, none of the fluff, none of the intros, none of the anything else. Not that there's not a place for that. And if you, you know, if it's an interesting guest, you can get into that. But in general, these events are really focused on how do you get um, as much value as quickly as possible. So as I'm actually kind of playing in both worlds. On one level, I am providing a long form experience, right? It's 90 minutes. The whole event's 90 minutes, nine experts, nine minutes each, right? Um, nine different topics, overall one, one main topic, nine subtopics that relate to the main topic. And so it's a long form experience, right? Where ultimately I'm trying to get people to consume, you know, long form amount of content, but it's short form enough that you can keep people's engagement. And it's practical enough that folks are going to, that are actually going to have somebody to take away with them. Even if they don't get somebody from each segment, they might get one thing from each segment. If that's one thing for me, that's nine practical takeaways. That's huge. I can't, I don't remember the last time I spent 90 minutes in a virtual event and a webinar and a podcast where I got nine takeaways, right? So if they can get one awesome takeaway from each segment, then um, 
that would be super powerful. So I think the time constrained will help, hopefully, the speakers, the practitioners create content that's super unique and just very powerful versus when you have 30 minutes or nine or 60 minutes or 90 minutes, you, you kind of, you end up, you don't create content. Um, you're not, you don't have time constraints, right? You don't have constraints in general. I think actually as the older I get, the more I realize the constraints actually help you. They make you refine. They make you go deeper. They protect you from going into areas you don't need to go. And so that's where maybe even in this, even in this show, right? Like I'm at 24 minutes recording right now. Um, I maybe have gone on tangents that I shouldn't have gone on, right? That I haven't given you the best use of your time because I don't have a time constraint, right? I could talk for another 30 minutes. Um, so that's where I, this idea of time constraint and, um, and actually one of my clients, Search Tides, Greg Brooks came up with this term that he uses in general for SEO. And they talk about write for time constrained users, right? And I, and I love that concept because we're all super time constrained. There's so much content out there you know, you're competing with everyone else. They can just swipe, right? They can flip on to something else more engaging. Um, so how can you create content for time constrained people? And that's, that's the, the impetus of these events. These nine, nine series is practical, right? Super practical, going deep on each one of these topics, giving you something really insightful, but creating time constraints to make sure the guests. And so I'm naming it. It's kind of the B, the, the TikTok of B2B go to market events. And um, my idea is to give you really something super impactful. So I'm going to do a monthly event. I'm going to do topics like uh, outbound, inbound, partnerships, um, customer marketing, um, all sorts of different content, all sorts of different topics that relate to go to market that um, I'm going to have experts come on. And they're going to do this deep dive in this unique format um, called the 99 series, nine practitioners, nine minutes each, all talking about a subtopic that relates to a main topic, right? First one will be on January 18th. Um, I'll put the link as well in the, in the notes for you to, to check it out and register. Should be a great time, super insightful. And um, and then the other kind of benefits of, of the events are lead generation. So people are going to register for these events. And I'm hoping to drive thousands of new leads for the show, for the newsletter, for my business in general. And um, a great way to generate leads. It's going to have that time constraint content element to it. Um, I can invite people to attend, which is just kind of interesting. And maybe eventually I'll invite people to watch the show via, you know, uh, email or whatnot, but you can email people, invite them to the show. There's just so many powerful ways to market an event versus a podcast that I'm hoping to drive um, ultimately more invites and do more creative marketing. Um, I'll probably do a show, an episode on that of how I've, you know, what my learnings are from the nine, nine show. And uh, some more on that as, as we get into the new year. Awesome. Um, more speakers to tap into the audiences. So um, I have, you know, every week I have a, usually a, a guest on. Well, with these events, I'm going to have nine guests for each event each month. So over the year, that's, you know, um, almost over 100 different guests for this, for this series, right? So I'm going to be able to tap into all their audiences. They're going to help promote this event. And I'm already seeing that. I'm already getting folks for this upcoming event in January. I'm getting in front of people I've never been able to get in front of before, right? Because of those guests. So it's going to kind of accelerate all of that. Um, and then um, more guest speaking. Um, yeah. So yeah, those are kind of the main things focus on next year content, getting more practical, um, getting folks on the front line, right? Refining that. I'll still have some thought leaders in there. I'll still have some people that are very interesting that I just like, oh man, this person's super interesting. I have to have them on the show. Um, I have a couple of those episodes coming out in January. I'm like, oh man, this person wrote this book, super interesting. I have to have them on the show. 
Um, but in general, I'm moving more towards practitioners versus thought leaders. Number two, events. I'm going to be doing the 99 series. Check those out. Different go-to-market motions, uh, go-to-market tactics and strategies, right? Whether it's inbound, outbound partnerships, all that fun stuff. And uh, we're going to have all those practitioners come on and give you a really, hopefully, intense, packful kind of the uh, TikTok of B2B go-to-market events where it's just really uh, getting your dopamine fix of go-to-market content. And then uh, also going to be having more, I'm going to do more guest speaking. So I'm going to go on other podcasts and share my thought leadership around go-to-market, around demand gen. I'll repurpose that for the show. So if I do do guest speaking, I'll repurpose that so you can kind of hear some of my experiences, things I'm learning, some of the tactics I'm learning. I don't do that as much for my show. I probably will do some of those throughout the year. I'm like, hey, here's a deep dive into something I'm learning, or here's a deep dive into um, something that is I found really interesting. And then um, I also will do, um, yeah, one-off shows and more guest speaking. So, and then last but not least, I'm going to continue to refine the audience and topics. I love your feedback. Please email me, send me a note on LinkedIn. I love to hear what content you like. What do you what do you not like? What do you want to hear more of? If you're in a specific industry, I'd love to learn. You know what? Um, you know, would you love a show around a specific area? But in general, what topics have you enjoyed of the show? What would you like to hear more about? Please, I'd love to hear your feedback as I continue to refine the topics, the audience, um, and grow from there. So it's been an awesome year. Thank you. For, I really value and I'm super grateful for everyone that's listened to the show um, and and followed along really excited for 2024 and how it's going to grow and opportunities to learn myself, right? I've learned a ton <laughs> over these 45 episodes and, um, and then ultimately hopefully be able to provide more value for you. So you can grow your business more effectively, grow to your B2B business, uh, go to market better, get customers better and, uh, ultimately serve people better. So thanks again, everyone for listening. This will be my last show for the year. So I'll see you in January. Uh, happy holidays and take care everyone.